M-E-P-T. Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Well, Coach Turf, your inept football team is 0-1 this season, but you've got another game coming up this week against Indiana Orthopedic University. Another road game, another chance to get into the win column. First, uh, what kind of team does IOU have? Well, they do have a real fine ball team. You know, they got some real fine offensive players, and they got some real fine defensive players, and they've got some real fine players on their special team. So what they do have is a real fine ball team. And I do want to point out to all the fans that we're not taking them lightly because uh, even though we feel like they owe us a victory after last year's ball game. Well, what happened last year, Coach? Well, we was uh, driving for the tying touchdown there late in the ball game last year when one of their linebackers, old Skull Swenson, he made one of his patented bone-jarring hits on our running back, Fumbles Freeman. Well, everybody remembers old Fumbles. He fumbled, and they picked it up and run it in for a touchdown, and we never did catch up. And they had that play on TV all over the country. It was I a remember play, that, Coach. play yeah, of the day and everything. And, I uh, saw that, yes. And uh, old uh, IOU put it in their highlight film this year, and after I hit Swanson went to painting the skull and crossbones on his helmet every time he made a hit like that. So you feel like you owe them one this year? Well, that's right. You know, Coach Mara, he's got a fine ball team, though. Uh, you know, fine offense. He's got a fine defense. And I know they're going to give us a fine test out there. And we're going to have to be on our toes if we want to beat them. Well, Coach, does your scouting report include the names of any specific players to watch out for? In addition, of course, to Swenson, that hard-hitting linebacker. Well, that's right. You know, they got a running back name of uh, Swivel Hips Porter, and I understand that he's so exciting. He sends chills up your spine. And then they got that field goal kicker name of uh, Truto Thompson. He didn't miss a field goal or an extra point all last year. We'll be back with more from Coach Art Turf in just a moment. <laughs> Fumbles Freeman strikes again. Well, the Art Turf Show is proudly sponsored today by... Idaho potatoes grown in Wyoming. No. Wyoming? Wyoming. Oh, mercy. Well, Coach Turf, I know your team must have taken a bit of a pounding in that loss to SOS last week. What about your team? Are all the regulars healthy enough to start? Well, that's right. You know, we did take a pounding not only on the scoreboard, but down on the football field. And, you know, whenever ball game, you boys... Uh, come up with them scrapes and bruises and them cuts that they got to just heal over and uh, and uh, come back. We take a licking but keep on ticking. They just come back for practice the next week and, and uh, get on with the ball game at hand. And our trainer, Scrape Simpson, tells me that we're in pretty fine shape all over except maybe the starting safety position, old Stubby Simmons, which is a pretty big hole for us in case he can't play because he's a holder on the field goal team. And if we have to kick a field goal, we're going to have to find somebody else to take his place. I understand from the injury report list of Scrape, has got Stubby listed as a BL3. A BL3. What's that, Coach? Well, near as I can figure from old Scrape's code book here, he's either got a broke leg in three places or he's got three broke legs. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach. Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's.
Well, I'm having a little trouble this week. I keep wanting to think it's a day ahead of the day it actually is. And went through that yesterday thinking it was Thursday. Going through that today thinking it's Friday, but alas, it's Thursday, folks. Headed up to 60 degrees today. No, no, no. 64 degrees. We're at 60 already. Very light rain uh, off and on this morning. And we got a free-for-all. Well, it's the last day of March. How about that? What do you think? Uh, I think you're right. <laughs> so when when we sign off for the day, we'll see you next month. Yeah. Tomorrow, April 1st. Oh, yeah. April Fool's Day. Yabba-dabba-doo. My first wife's birthday. How about that? How about that? Um... Well, March 31st it is. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. And uh, what did you, you say about taters a little bit ago? Idaho potatoes grown in Wyoming. Why would there be Idaho potatoes in Wyoming? Exactly. It's a parody, just like the Art Turf Show. Okay, okay. <laughs> But I bet there when are it, potatoes grown Coach in Wyoming. Turf, Turf could say that word? Par- parody. A parody? Par- parody. Yeah, he could do that. Something like that. Art Turf could do anything, man. If he comes up with some of those names like Noodles Nurgan and Fumbles Freeman and Swivel Hips Sam or whoever it was. <laughs> well, speaking of potatoes, today is National Tater Day. Is it real? I it didn't, really I is. I did not know that when I said the sponsor this morning. Well, I, I thought you must have. No, I did not. Well, it's National Tater Day. How about that? We like taters. It's National Crayon Day. It's National Prom Day. National Clams on the Half Shell Day. You like those? Of course. And finally, you know, some of these you have to wonder why. It's National Bunsen Burner Day. <laughs> Just like yesterday's National Pencil Day. Today's National Crayon Day. Why about that? Crayon needs to get some pub, too. <sighs> but National Bunsen Burner Day? Yeah. I don't get I don't know. I don't get the, hmm, Mm. probably half of them, why they're on there. (laughs) Anyway. I want to see what that Bunsen burner day has to say. Okay, dig into it. About that. All right, here we go. National Bunsen burner day. We all remember those from chemistry labs in high school. I do anyway. Of course. Each year honors the birthday of German chemist Robert Wilhelm Eberhard von Bunsen. 
named after him, the Bunsen burner standard lab equipment that produces a single open gas flame. Yep, we know that. Labs use it for heating, sterilization, and combustion. The gas can either be natural gas, usually methane, or liquefied petroleum gas such as propane, butane, or a mixture. The invention of the Bunsen burner opened up new opportunities for the use of natural gas. A standard tool in chemistry, the Bunsen burner is found throughout schools and laboratories worldwide. Most students become familiar with using one of these for at least one semester during their high school career. So obviously it was the celebration of the birthday of the inventor of the Bunsen burner. But uh, luckily nobody blew up the lab in my chemistry class. My chemistry teacher is one of my favorite all-time teachers, Richard Shoemaker. That man was so smart. He was so, excuse me, smart beyond Mm -hmm. all of our students combined (laughs) in that class. And he would show us experiments in there. And it was just like a, a magic show, you know. We we we, can't, we couldn't wait for now, the next one. He he was going to show us. Were you uh, Athens High School? Yes. Okay. And would that have been the school that today is the middle school? No, it's the one on the plains. Okay. Just wonder. Yep. But it was just fascinating. Some of the Dick, experiments Dick he would Shoemaker, come up with. I that is that the same person. Uh, it could be. He lived on uh, Stroud's Run Road, I think, that area out there. Yeah. Built his own house yeah. with, uh, he made his own bricks to build his house for he and his family. Yes, I do know this person, or I, knew that person. I mean, think about it. Making your own bricks. Yes. I mean, that that's, was unheard of even in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, different companies make them. Concrete companies make them, but he apparently made all of them on his own. That was always impressive to me, something obviously I will never forget. And and it, you've shown us just now. Exactly. Um, help me out. Um, Ed, New- Ed Newman, it just came to me. Thank you. I was having a little brain lapse there. Folks, many of you know Ed Newman. And then um, um, oh, the director of our um, Southeast Ohio History Center now. Recycling. No. Wasn't he involved with the recycling yes, for a while? But help me with the director. Oh, Tom, Tom O'Grady. O'Grady, yeah. Those two were a pair. They worked together to do so many worthwhile things in terms of recycling and um, cleaning up illegal dumps and things like that around our county. Well, Ed Newman Okay. (laughs) Now I forgot why I started this. What were we just talking about? I was talking about uh, Mr. Shoemaker building Bunsen his house. Oh yeah. oh, oh, yeah. There we the go. Bricks. bricks. Uh, Ed Newman is 
is a brick collector. And uh, evidently there are people who collect bricks. Um, and, and so, of course, uh, there's maybe even uh, on Facebook or somewhere some shared website where people this guy's looking for this particular brick made by such and such a company and and then people like Ed Newman maybe have one of those so they'll sell it to that person right yeah the, okay so lo and behold there was a company that made bricks by the name of Palmer Palmer Bricks down in Texas and Ed has given me two of those, and I have them out on our decks, you know, on the railing. But Palmer Brick, you know, it just stamped right in the side, Palmer. Now you need one that says Palm Tree Palm Bricks. Tree. <laughs> now I'm going to be sorry I never told you my nickname. Oh, okay. no way. We're going to get squeeze um, the mileage out of that. Thank you. That's one of the one of the more entertaining things we have here. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Palm Tree? Let's yeah. go, Palm Tree. Let's get the kegger going. Hmm? <laughs> like you told us about oh, on, in, uh, in Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming. <laughs> Custer's last stand. Yeah. Last keg stand. All right. Um... Let's see here. Let's do some historical events. Obviously, folks, you've noticed today a free-for-all. So, uh, let's see here. I'm not sure I can pronounce this. Bernard of Clairvaux. I think that's how it's said. This is in the year 1146. Bernard of Clairvaux preaches his famous sermon on the field of Vézelay, urging the necessity of a second crusade. Louis VIII and Eleanor of Aquitaine, Aquitaine are present and join the crusade. History is one of my weaker topics, and I wish I knew more about some of these things, or or I don't mean no, but cared, <laughs> I think is what I mean. Okay, be quiet, folks. Let's see here. We do have a caller that rang in. That I must have triggered their, their thoughts on something here. Good morning. Yes, Richard Shoemaker. Yes. Great, great teacher. He even came to one of our reunions, uh, taught both physics and chemistry that I remember. Um, when you mentioned his name, it came up on my phone. Yeah. I've got his obituary sitting right in front of me. Well, how long ago did he pass? Um, I think it was 2010. Okay. After an extended illness, he was born on October 12, 1927, in Greensburg. He was a 45 graduate of Athens High School and attended Manchester College in Indiana and the University of Illinois, playing collegiate baseball, football, and basketball. Hmm. He then played semi-professional baseball, Scott, in Columbus. Yeah, he was. He loves sports. Yeah, I do. He loves sports. 
Yeah, but he even drove a school bus. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> he was a great guy. He even, had, you know, he had that indoor pool. Yes. And, and he had a coil that went through his fireplace. He pumped the water from the pool through there and heated it in the winter. Time. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was like uh, Mr. Wizard or something, you know? <laughs> you yes. know, I was, do remember that. Yeah, he was fantastic. But he was one of those guys that always called me in the office and tell, told him I could be a such better student if I would just concentrate <laughs> and apply myself. Yeah. Well, we... And uh, I remember one day I saw him down at Kroger's, and he was asking me how I was doing. I said, I'm okay. I'm studying engineering at the university. He got the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. But, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he coached baseball at the Plains, and he, he did all kind of things. But uh, he was just like a man for all seasons, a regular Renaissance man. Cool. Yeah, he, I, I, you know, he was one of the most well-rounded individuals I think I can ever remember being around. I mean, just his intellect and his ability to be resourceful, and you know, evidenced by building his house, you know, heating his pool, like you mentioned, and yeah. uh, being involved in sports and community things too, and you know, showing showing up at proms dances like that he was yeah. he was just a cool guy very very nice guy super nice yeah. guy yeah. Yeah, he was famous for saying and the like yes. all the time yes <laughs> and the like or or have, and, I, uh, have I showed I you this one yet memorial <laughs> I, i'm sorry what was the last there i i said i even went to his a memorial up at the uh, jager's funeral home sure i was there with ron dosey of all people <laughs> but uh wow. and he would he would he would tell some funny things i remember he was talking about cleaning some uh, trophy case uh, he used uh uh what uh it's what they use in the dry cleaners i think perk uh perk or something like that the chemical and it got to him and made him really sick and he told us in class he said at first i was afraid i was going to die and then i was afraid i wouldn't <laughs> okay. but uh, but anyway, his his obits on the on the internet. If you want to read more about it, if you want to talk any more about it, I'd well, rather I, get I, off instead of go on forever. I'm gonna go and um, after the show and Google him just to refresh my my recollection of his appearance. You know, I can't picture him in my mind, but um, I will as his soon pictures, as his pictures. Yeah, his pictures right on there. You'll see yeah. it. Okay. Cool. Oh yeah, he was. He had the best ability I've ever seen of anyone about practical application of science to an everyday mm -hmm. task. To oh, yeah, and he was great at relating what you would call some complex subjects yes. to his students. Yes, in layman's terms, terms that we could understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So he was just a great teacher, and you could talk to almost anybody that ever had him for class, and you you'll get a story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I never heard one person say one bad thing about him either, ever. No, no, never. Well, You're that's exactly unique. right, Scott. Not too many people can say that. Yeah. He and my dad are the only two people I can think of that I've never heard people say a bad word about either one of them. But, mm -hmm. John, here's here's one that I always liked, too, and we always liked as a class in his chemistry class. He would mm -hmm. show us an experiment, you know, very quickly, and, uh, you know, he would mention it in class, and we kind of all, we knew that he had shown us that experiment before, and he would say, mm -hmm. haven't I ever shown you that before? And we all wanted to see it again, right? 
So we <laughs> said, no, we've never seen that yet. So he would do, go through it again, and we'd do it like three or four times throughout the course of the year because, like I said, it was, was kind of like a magician show to us. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks uh, a lot. He, he was great. Yeah. I, I was glad to hear you. I knew who you were going to say before you even mentioned his name when I was listening. Yeah. Well, I'll get off here and give uh, room for somebody else to call okay. up. Maybe some other people want to share things. All right. Thanks, Thank John. You. We'll see you. Yeah. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Well, let's see here. Where were we? Historical events, I think. 1492, Queen Isabella I of Castile and King Ferdinand II of Aragon issue the Alhambra Decree, which expels Jews from their kingdoms. Nasty. 1657, English Parliament makes the humble petition to Lord Protector Oliver Cromwell, offering him the crown. He declines. One more. 1920, the British Parliament accepts the Irish Home Rule Law. Okay. You ready for some birthdays? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. We'll do... Um, <laughs> mercy, not one of them is alive. Good heavens. That happens to all of us at some point. Well, let's, let's go back to the oldest, which would be... Henry II. Um, born in 1519, died in 1559. Henry II, not Henry VIII. I am, I am. Uh, was the king of England from 1154 until his passing in 1189. Wow. 89? Yeah. I have 59 here. It says 1154 until his death in 1189. Wait, wait, wait. No, we're not on the same one. Henry II of England? This says he was born in 1519 and and died in 1559. Let's go for 1519 then and see what happens. He was the king of France. Oh. Not England. Too many Henry II's going around here. From March of 1547 until his death in 1559. And he issued the Constitutions of Clarendon, which restricted ecclesiastical privileges and curbed the power of church courts. He also instituted the Assize of Clarendon, in which the procedure of criminal justice was established. Okay, um, next is Rene. This is a man, Rene Descartes. Descartes. D E S C A R T E S. Born in 1596, he died in 1650. Rene Descartes was a French philosopher, mathematician, scientist and lay Catholic who invented analytic geometry in 
linking the previously separate fields of geometry and everybody's favorite subject in school, algebra. I liked algebra. I loved geometry. I didn't mind either. Do I use either one of them today, or did I ever? Mm. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Your hand, Sebastian Bach. Ah, yes. That one we don't have to do too much on. We, being uh, musically oriented here at a radio station. Well, anyway, he was born in 1685. He died in 1750. He was a German composer and musician of the late Baroque period. He is known for his orchestral music, such as the Brandenburg Concertos, instrumental compositions, and uh, some of his compositions include Air on the G-String. What? That would almost be X-rated in today's lingo. Oh, now I see what you meant. (laughs) Mercy. Where yeah. that come from? Uh, that came from what I'm reading right here. about. It, really? That's on there? That's on there oh, as my. one of his compositions. <laughs> now, I was thinking of air guitars, and then I read on and saw the rest. I was like, whoa, should I read this or not? The last birthday we have to mention today is that of Gordy Howe. And, um, born in 1928, died in 2016. A great professional hockey player. Uh, from 1946 to 1980, he played 26 seasons in the National Hockey League and six seasons in the World Hockey Association. His uh, first, let's see, how many seasons? 25 seasons were spent with the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. And his passing was June 10th, 2016 in Sylvania, Ohio. Okay, two deaths. Um, Isaac Newton. Sir Isaac Newton, I assume. 1642 to 1727. You presume correctly. Sir Isaac Newton was an English mathematician, physicist, astronomer, alchemist, theologian, and author widely recognized as one of the greatest mathematicians and physicists of all time and among the most influential scientists. He was a key figure in the uh, philosophical revolution known as the Enlightenment. And the last one, Jesse Owens. Born in 1913, died in 1980. A great track and field athlete. I should say so. James Cleveland, Jesse Owens was an American track and field athlete who won four gold medals at the 1936 Olympic Games and really wrinkled Hitler's shorts when he did that. It was awesome to watch in films and things of uh, documentaries that have been presented about Jesse Owens. Owens specialized in the sprints and the long jump and was recognized in his lifetime as perhaps the greatest and most famous athlete in track and field history, and also an alumnus of the Ohio State University, where the track and field stadium and complex is named after Jesse Owens. Right. Well, um, 
as I said, it's Thursday. It's March 31st. One of the stories out there is um, the largest known crypto heist. And, you know, I get emails every so often talking about crypto. But I don't, I've never taken the time to really understand what it is. It, it's, I, I think it's a form of currency. Yeah, it's a, it's a digital currency. A digital currency. Mm-hmm. So that is done online. You, you have nothing to hold in your hand. No coins. Ever? Ever. No dollar bills. Nothing. It's all digital. Done through a computer. And as I've said before, there is no way I would touch that. It's not guaranteed by something like banks that are insured by the FDIC. So if you get hijacked of your cryptocurrency and you get hacked online, there's nothing to help you recapture that. Why would someone do that? Good question. Again, that's just me. I don't want to get involved with something, you know, that they say. Well, here now you really have to know what you're doing to get in that cryptocurrency stuff. And there are like 3,000 different cryptocurrency services around the world that are available. Holy cow. Yeah. And so well, then, let me do this story here. Okay. So it says largest ever crypto heist. Hackers Computer hackers have stolen more than $600 million worth of cryptocurrency from the Ronin blockchain, underlying a popular play-to-earn online game called Axie Infinity. This heist is believed to be the biggest cryptocurrency theft in history and raises questions about security. Uh, Caller, stand by. Let me just finish uh, two paragraphs, and they're not long, and then we'll get to you, okay? So the story goes on. Sky Mavis, the gaming company operating Ronin in Axie Infinity, said the attackers took advantage of a security flaw in what's known as a bridge, a connection between two blockchains that enables transfers of cryptocurrency. The the hackers gain control of five validation nodes. I'm reading stuff I don't understand. Anyway, required to recognize the, uh, the transfers to and from Ronin blockchain. Final paragraph, the attackers then created two fraudulent withdrawals that on March 23rd, stealing 173,600 Ether tokens, E-T-H-E-R, it's got to be Ether tokens, and 25.5 million USD coin tokens. Ether 
is the second most popular cryptocurrency behind Bitcoin, while USD coin is a cryptocurrency tied to the U.S. dollar. Sky Mavis discovered the breach Tuesday after a user was unable to withdraw 5,000 Ether from the bridge. This is like a foreign language. That's another reason why if you don't know what you're doing by things you're reading there and you, you don't get you don't it, have right? have a clue. Yeah, and for the average investor, they don't get it either. And they, they think, oh, this is a good investment because the – price of the stock is so high. The stock price per share, I think, is right around forty to 45000 per share. But if you get into something you don't understand I don't. and you don't know what you're doing, no. you could lose a lot of currency online there, too. Let, let me just read something me, here. I tell me. you what. Oh, we, you got a caller. We okay. do have a caller yeah, waiting. Then I'll do it. I, I hope they didn't mind. Good morning. I didn't mind at all. It's been a fun show this week morning really yeah <laughs> okay good god's really up on it today really <laughs> yeah anyway. that, that is unusual <laughs> <laughs> no I'll, go ahead what's up if you do your income tax and uh return uh individually and you have to fill out the form like i do you read this one interesting thing after you give your name and address it says at any time during 2021, did you receive, sell, exchange, or otherwise dispose of any financial interest in any virtual currency? And you have to mark yes or no. And I was thinking, why do they want to know that? No. They want to figure out another way to tax you on that? Yes. Of course. Yep. I mean, I mean, people are really going to be truthful in the answer to that one, I wonder. Or how can they tra- trace it back? I, I, this is a subject I totally don't. Right, and know. I don't either. You know, I was just thinking, why do they stick that in there? It's been appearing in the last couple of years. It may be that they're trying to build some support for developing a more governmental knowledge of that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it's just like whenever you work for someone, your your payroll department is required by the IRS to report earnings, income. That's what you see on the W-2s that you get. And anything worth value, too, is also taxable. Uh, for instance, you've heard of some people getting free tickets, uh, especially if their occupation happens to be a politician. And they are required to report those perks because they have value and they will be taxed on them. Much like uh, different schools, colleges, universities that give free tickets to employees, they are to be reported by athletic departments. We had to do that to payroll for the value of those. So we were taxed on those. So in essence, we did not get free tickets we were taxed on them because they have value same thing with cryptocurrency it's be it has to be reported to the irs if there was any for instance quote unquote capital gains on these things like if you sell something you realize a capital gain on it well then this cryptocurrency 
service is required to report that, from my understanding, to the IRS. So if it's not reported to the IRS and you say no on that question there that you just brought up, Barry, that if you check no on that and you're audited by the IRS and they go in and find that uh, you indeed were involved in this cryptocurrency thing, then obviously you could be fined uh, or dealt with legally by the IRS for not reporting that cryptocurrency, which apparently is now being recognized as having value. So that's why they're putting that on there. And that might be a subject of a future guest you might want to invite on to talk about it. There's a little bit more about it than I. You know what? I just made a note of it. Okay. And another thing I want to say is CBS News is using Will Smith slap on Chris Rock's face as a story that just keeps on giving. You would think it would have died down by now. No. It was on again yesterday about. It's on again today. On right today about they wanted him to leave after he slapped uh, the. There's. The uh, people that were putting on that show, and he he refused to leave. Yep. And they're still discussing this, and they're discussing that. And then they tell you that Chris Rock had his first show, and they interviewed somebody with there. He says he's still digesting what went on then, and it's just a story that just keeps on giving. <laughs> okay. okay. The slap heard around the world is what right. it's being referred to. And did did you hear on the news about Chris Rock's? show in boston last night sold out and then the what tickets had not been sold already went for like two and three times what they originally were being sold for and he got a standing two minute uh uh, two minute standing ovation before the show even started and they thought he he was remarkably calm cool collected he stayed on the stage and gave the reward that he was up there to give i guess he wasn't there as a host he was just there as a presenter but he must have thrown in a few jokes because that's what he does yeah yeah and he did not want to address what happened he said he would do that at a later time right yeah it's interesting but you know it gives us something besides ukraine and stuff to talk about on the news. <laughs> yes <laughs> from what i understand and what was said you know i think there are a number of husbands that would have been upset with and you know everybody's different some can control their emotions some can't i liked what you said the other day you said would i have hit him no i wouldn't have hit him well yeah that's just not my nature yeah right but um otherwise you'd be hitting scott every once in a while you know i've been known to pound my desk once in a while (laughs) he knows better than to do that with me because <laughs> you're bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> taller, I should say taller. Just not. <laughs> but uh, and I'm glad to hear that the uh, county commissioners are coming back on. I yes. Them, you yeah, know. we're gonna get them on monthly. I appreciate that, and I think Krishmeal will probably be the principal thing, at least initially, because, well, first of all, we have to work around elections. Right. Oh, that's true. So. Um, Anytime someone's a candidate, uh, we can't have them on the air until after the election unless we offer their opposition an equal thing. 
like his show as well. And um, so I think Lenny Eliason is up for election this time. So anyway, for the time being, it's going to be Chris Schmiel, and it'll be, um, what I say, monthly? I'm surprised when you had Hugh Sherman from CIOU on. You said he may be back in about four months. That used to be a monthly feature as well. I don't know why. No, you... quarterly. It was quarterly. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was monthly. No. As I can remember. Okay. I mean, the bottom line is, uh, for a little while, the university pulled the plug. Right. Oh, that, that's true. Oh, I know that. Yeah. And. Um, but the plug's been plugged up now. And you can. We're we're we're, <laughs> you know, and I I have no idea why, because I can't remember anything that was said, that wasn't. Well done. Uh, or honest, or whatever. Um, but there there was evidently a period of time where there was some unhappiness with the show. But we fixed it up. Oh, I don't think that former president wanted to do that kind of thing. That's what I think. Well, but anyway, I don't think then someone should be president. You know, right, they, right. They have they a public anymore. image. Yeah. They have to a public responsibility. Okay. Okay. Well, keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. You okay. know, it's a it's a chance for the president to have a public platform to yeah, explain sure. things. Sure. Too. I mean, if there's questions or items coming up on agendas that need to be addressed. Scott, if you know anybody that does have knowledge about this crypto stuff, okay. That's. Um, we'll look into it. Yeah, and and you know maybe it's. Um, oh, maybe it's like. Um, Channing McAllister or his son Aaron, right? Or, yeah, or Stuart Gold. Exactly, or tax professionals. Or some, uh, George. Um, Cara George. Thank you. Uh, Jim Cara George. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody that. And who's the gal I like that started her thing recently? Right? Just. Uh, one house above Village Bakery. Um, anyway, uh, she's a financial investor sort of thing. And, you know, somebody that has some knowledge about this concept of crypto, I don't get it. And, and maybe none of them will want to do it because they don't have knowledge. But you'd think they being in the business of investments and so on they they would anyway let's try to do that okay well if if i could something i was going to share with our audience before we took their call there um it's it's an article from reader's digest called our two cents on cryptocurrency and and one of the items that they mentioned here is something we were just talking about your story there about currency being hijacked and hacked, hackers involved, etc. Now they go on to say another key difference about cryptocurrency is that investors are responsible themselves for storing their cryptocurrencies, which is easier said than done because the coins are not insured by the FDIC. You could lose them, 
through either theft, system failures, or simply by forgetting your key code to access them. So with that, you would lose all of your investment. Now, once the cryptocurrency is lost, it's nearly impossible to recover, which then makes the remaining accessible coins even more valuable. So again, like I mentioned earlier, if you get hacked or uh, lose it through forgetting your password, your key code, I mean, you're, you are out of luck, basically. Well, it, it, it sounds really complicated to me. It, it, it could be. And as I mentioned, if you don't know what you're doing with this, uh, it's advisable to maybe refrain from that. But there's but, obviously some benefit to doing it or else people wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, people that know what they're doing, it's it's a small segment <laughs> of the population. That's true. You know. Okay. Uh, just like billionaires, it's a small segment of the population. We have a caller waiting. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. I just have a couple of things about this uh, fake money. <laughs> okay. Do you remember, well, when I was a young person, I remember the comics like, um, I don't know if it was Donald Duck or Scrooge McDuck or whatever the heck his name was. He would jump into the swimming pool with money. Remember that guy? Yes, faintly. <laughs> and... If we can't do that with the money, then, you know, it's not real. And I think you told us that there were two entities, one called Bitcoin and then one called Ether. And my big comment for my call today is that's where it went. <laughs> it went into the Ether. Isn't that something that just sort of evaporates? Yes. <laughs> Since you're all talking about science um, and chemistry and all that, I've never, I never had chemistry in high school, but I did in college. So, you know, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> Yeah, and, and um, those were t subjects I enjoyed, even though they didn't have a direct benefit or direct connection to showbiz. And I had no real mathematics, just basic kind of stuff in high school, but in college I did, so it's it's always fun. You know, the best thing is you can balance your checkbook, so. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> thank you very okay, much. Okay, thank you. You guys have had a wonderful um, <laughs> fun time today for all of the listeners because, uh well, maybe it's not appropriate to say, but you two were made for each other in a studio. Oh, <laughs> mercy. Oh, my. Thank you. Mercy. Thank you so much for the fun morning. Thank you. Bye. Okay. <laughs> well, we have to go from um, um, a light subject to a, a more difficult one. Kiev, Kiev. Shelling continues. Russia continued to shell the Ukrainian capital of Kiev in the northern city. Of Chernihiv uh, yesterday, targeting civilian areas despite pledging to scale back military operations in the region following a ceasefire negotiation. The Pentagon said less than 20% of the forces had left Kyiv as Russia repositioned to focus on the eastern Donbas region. The U.S. announced it will provide an additional $500 million to Ukraine uh, in budgetary aid for expenses such as government services as part of a $13.6 billion Congress approved uh, earlier this month. In related news, U.S. intelligence suggests Russian President Vladimir Putin was misled by advisors 
about the military's struggles in the country, as well as the potential impact of economic sanctions. In Europe, Poland has taken steps to end all Russian oil imports by 2023, while Germany has urged residents to join, uh, or rather, to ration nat- nash- to ration natural gas consumption. Russia has appeared to soften its stance after a payments uh, standoff in which it demanded the EU countries pay in rubles. Starting yesterday, they will continue to allow euros for now. Bruce Willis has retired. I liked many of the movies he was in. But he's got... um, what is it? Um, asphasia. There we go. Uh, which is, um, he's 67 years old. He's been di- diagnosed with asphasia. Which definitely affects the brain for language control, comprehension, and so on. What a sad story. Um, let's see, what time is it? We've got, uh, 58, 59, so we got about 45, 42 seconds. Uh, tomorrow we will bring you up to date on the COVID statistics. You may remember that, um, a couple weeks ago they stopped providing them on a daily basis. They now provide them on a weekly basis. So Thursday afternoon, today, I'll have that data, and we'll share it with you tomorrow anything else scott uh the weather is spring-like but uh gonna get a little bit colder and uh, the ohio bobcats have lost another basketball transfer great player mark sears has decided uh decided to transfer from the bobcats to where uh it doesn't say he's entering the portal as they say Okay. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden is take, expected to take another step to try to bring down soaring fuel prices. CBS's Monica Ricks. The president is reportedly ready to tap the nation's oil reserves and release up to a million barrels of oil per day. A plan has not been finalized, but sources say this could go on for several months. Oil analysts like Phil Flynn say it won't do much good. They may get their drop in price for a day or two, then the lower prices are going to encourage more demand and prices are going to go back up. The average price for a gallon of regular today, 422. Vladimir Putin's just announced EU countries buying Russian gas will need ruble accounts in Russia beginning tomorrow. Heavy fighting between Russian and Ukrainian troops is reported outside Kyiv and elsewhere days after the Kremlin announced it would de-escalate. Correspondent Holly Williams reports from Kherson. Andrei Rogalski was a crane operator until he signed up earlier this month. He's had just two weeks basic training and told us he's frightened he could be killed but said he and the others here have defeated those fears because they know what they're fighting for it's, it's pure evil a uh, check-in on jobs in the u.s bank rates market